Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Kicking off the 9 o'clock hour, our final hour tonight for overtime on 1067 The Fan. Glad you're with us. If you've been hanging since 630 or if you're just jumping in now, we appreciate you being along for the ride for just a bit. I'm Danny Noakes, Caitlin in studio producing the show. 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener lines. We've been taking some calls on the one-year anniversary of the Commander's rebrand, but we've also been talking some Washington Wizards recently. So let's go on over to the phones right now. Welcome in Anthony, who's calling in from Annandale. Anthony, thanks for calling in tonight. What's going on? Hey, good show. Appreciate the uh, conversation. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm going to... I love Bradley Beal, okay? Yeah. He's definitely an offensive juggernaut, but... right. He's not the best defensive player, and I've watched so many Wizards games, and in the fourth quarter, he turns the ball over. He's not clutch. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, Jimmy Butler, you know, someone you give a supermax contract to, but the Los Angeles Lakers, they got Rui, and, you know, they, they kind of fleeced us. Mm-hmm. But for them to go all in, they would trade Russell Westbrook for Bradley Beal because of Sally's match and probably throw in a first-round pick. Wow, Russell Westbrook, so. I mean, he's a triple-double machine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now we're headed for what? Playing in the spot? Yes. Eight, nine spot? Exactly. I think yeah. you got to move on from Bradley Beal. Yeah, Anthony, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you very much. Um, you know, when it comes to Beal, I have, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I feel like I'm exactly like Anthony because I love Bradley Beal. I, I, he's one of the best players in this franchise's history. And you know, when he and John Wall were playing together, it was, it was fantastic. It was awesome. It was, those were the best teams that that we've seen play. Certainly in my lifetime, which is closing in on thirty years this July. But when it comes to the Wizards as a franchise and moving forward and building them back into contenders, which they haven't really been in, in my life. They, they did win a championship in the seventies as the bullets, but it's been a long time since then. Right. I don't think that the wizards as it stands right now have anywhere close to a roster that, that can compete for an NBA championship. Right. I mean, 
Anthony kind of put it one way. I I don't know. Bradley Beal's obviously the the big money guy when it comes to the Wizards and and where they're at right now. But is he the guy that you that you would go to down the stretch? Maybe, but Kuzma is also someone that that you could rely on as well and and you know, he's more of a two-way player than than Bradley Beal is. So the only way I think in the NBA, and and this is you know this is a little bit less about the Wizards and more so just about how the NBA works. You need a superstar. You need a bona fide elite top ten superstar, and Bradley Beal isn't that right. And most players aren't that. I mean, when we're talking about like top ten players, we're talking about Durant, John Morant. We're talking about you know Luca. Uh, and, and plenty of other guys, Giannis, right? I, I won't go through every single name, Embiid, but you build around that guy, right? You 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 put guys that can play both ways, and and you sort of flesh out your roster that way. And the Wizards haven't really been able to do that, and I don't think they will be able to do that without getting multiple first round draft picks and. If if the only way to do that is is to give up someone like Bradley Beal, I I just don't see another way that they'll be able to get back to that point. You know, that's really what it comes down to. So it would it would stink because I just I don't like watching you know any team trade away a, a guy that they drafted that's been there for a really long time. Right? It's always weird, and 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 even if it is the best thing, it happens across all sports, not just here in Washington D.C. Right? Not just to Juan Soto, Trey Turner, Max Scherzer, Bryce Harper, all the guys that we've watched across all the different sports in Washington D.C. leave uh, on under much different circumstances, and might I add, but it it really doesn't seem like there's another way forward for the Wiz other than that. But it doesn't seem like that's also going to happen. So, you know, maybe Tommy Shepard's got a, a, a nice trick up his sleeve here at the trade deadline and uh, they're able to do something like that. I mean, if, if the Wizards could get a first-round pick in return for Beal, that seems that seems pretty good. But you would want it to be a decent first-round pick because it's very hard to get to the top of the lottery. And in the NBA, you need to get to the top of the lottery to, to probably get someone that can contribute to the franchise or at least in the top 10, but I'll switch topics here and we've only got a couple of minutes left in this segment, but the question about whether or not Sam Howell will actually be the starting quarterback come September, it's been asked a couple of, uh, for several hours on this station today and, and really all week long. And I, I definitely think that, that this franchise, you know, whether Rivera is the coach or not, they will, and and for Rivera to not be the coach going into next year, they would have to change ownership, which would happen, which would have to happen in like the next month, which I don't expect to happen. So I don't think any of that is going to change. Let me first say that. But when it comes to Sam Howell, I, I absolutely think that they're going to give him a legitimate shot to start the season because we got this announcement 19 days ago, but who would even challenge him for the starting job, right? I can't imagine that any free agent quarterback that the commanders would go out and get, they would sign would be that much better than Howell in camp anyway, you know, and there's, there's a lot of other, the, you, you've already gone too far, paid too much to go and get Carson Wentz last season, last off season. Right. And you, 
can get out of that situation with little to no penalty, which is great. And I think that was part of why the the chance was taken by this this coaching staff in the front office. But it failed. It failed epically. And now you're down several draft picks that you didn't need to send off because we all knew that Carson Wentz wasn't going to be able to deliver down the stretch when you needed to win to get into the playoffs. Why? Because we saw him do it in Indianapolis with just as good a roster around him with the NFL's leading rusher right behind him to hand the ball off to. It wasn't going to happen. We know who he is. All right. So in that same vein, we're asking who would challenge Sam Howell in camp, if, assuming that Taylor Heineke is also going to be gone, which I definitely expect him to be, because he could probably go and, and start somewhere else. Like, he could probably go start in Carolina right now. Who you going to tell me that, that Sam Darnold is, is better than Taylor Heineke? I don't think so. So I, I think it would cost too much, though, especially in an offseason where you're, you're coming off of trying to go and get a, a – a decent quarterback last offseason, but it would cost too much to get someone like Derek Carr, right? Even for as mismanaged as this franchise is, you can't pursue a quarterback two offseasons in a row. And I think they know that. I think they know they don't have the assets unless they wanted to dump their entire future draft picks into a deal, which again, even the least informed front office executive would have to realize is stupid. I'm saying that with the hindsight of last offseason, right? They made one mistake, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt they won't make it again. That might not be a good idea, though, because when it comes to the easy stuff like Sean Taylor's jersey retirement ceremony or uh, his stat or his, his installation, quote unquote, or, you know, any of the other stuff that they've done that was not up to par. They had multiple cracks at that and they didn't do it. But this has to actually do with football. So you hope the football minds are able to at least make a better decision in this situation. So I think they meant what they were saying, Rivera, the front office, when they said that Howell's going to be the guy, because it's really the only path forward when you look at where this team is going to have to spend its money. You you drafted Howell last year, so you have to get at least a decent look at him before you decide that he's not the guy. Right? We've only seen him for one game. And that one game, he was pretty good. Beat Dallas, divisional round playoff team. Yeah, they, you know, they looked horrible that week. And they did not look motivated. They did not look ready to play. But it was a win, and he looked pretty good in that scenario. There was no doubt that they were going to win that game once it started. They were a much better football team that day. But that's only one game. So you, the, the, it really seems like the only path forward. I mean, you would you, you I don't I don't know how much left. Not to mention we already talked we already talked about how they have to they have to look into potentially paying Cam Curl, Montez Sweat. Eventually a year or so down the line you're going to have to look at extending Chase Young and that decision is probably going to be a tough one depending on what sort of production you get out of him this upcoming season cuz he missed, you know, over a season's worth of games at this point. But there's some tough decisions that they're going to have to make. Quarterback, I don't think right now, at this moment, is one of them. Because you have a guy that you can actually get a little bit excited about, but you need to see more from him. So throw him out there to start the season and see where it goes. You got weapons around him. At this point, why not? All right, let's step aside. We'll take a quick break. I got more football on the way. Deron Payne, should the Commanders franchise tag him? 
It's a good question, but again, there are other guys that are factoring in here that may also command some money more so than a very good commander's defensive line. They could use some help other places as well. So keep it locked. More commander's talk next on 106.7 The Fan. Just a few segments to go tonight. Overtime, 106.7 The Fan. Danny Noakes hanging out with you till just before 10 o'clock. Caitlin's in studio producing the show. 800-636-1067. We've got this segment and the next segment as the last two where we'll keep the lines open for you to get your calls in. We've had some folks call in with regards to the Commanders as well as the Wizards most recently. Our guy Anthony thinking the Wizards, it's finally time to trade Bradley Beal. I know that he's not alone in that sentiment. But when it comes to the Commanders, it's been one year since the rebrand officially. February 2nd, 2022, we learned officially that the name would be Commanders. Although by then, we had a pretty good idea that it was in fact going to be Commanders. There was all sorts of stuff that was leaking at that point, And there we were on NBC, I guess it was, Craig Melvin, Doug Williams was there, Jonathan Allen, and the announcement that it was, in fact, the Commanders. How do you feel about it? 800-636-1067. Do you like the new name? Do you like the new jerseys? Major Tutty, right? It kind of, after a year of having the chance to digest it all, how do you feel about it? For me personally, as I've said, it kind of really tried to force myself to immerse myself within the new moniker, the new uniforms, really tried to like them. And I ended up liking the black ones. I like the black uniforms. I, I think black is is one of the easiest thing, and, and white too, to this is to some degree, but obviously a Washington franchise here in DC has never worn black uniforms before. So that was always going to be something new. And I actually think that those are the best uniforms that they have right now because I kind of can't stand the burgundy and the white ones. And I think it'd be an easy dub for the front office if they just went back to the old ones. You could even keep the black ones just as an alternate, but uh, I think you got to go back to the old uniforms. And hey, uh, maybe they'll listen to the fans. Maybe they won't, but keep voicing your opinions if, if that's how you feel because... Uh, it's it's helped at least to some degree, right? They they went back and they fixed the Sean Taylor installation after hearing all sorts of negative feedback about it, which they very much deserved. But who's to say that they won't go and screw something else up here pretty soon? 800-636-1067, if you want to jump into the conversation. We wanted to talk this segment about Deron Payne a bit because we'd spent the last segment looking at the situation for Sam Howell going into next season. In September, is he really going to be the guy that this coaching staff puts their faith in? I think he is. I think it's more for them probably a, not a, not a, not a, a last-ditch effort or a worst-case scenario sort of thing, but you're at the point where you spent a ton of you you spent draft picks to go and get Wentz last year. That went up in flames. Heineke is going to be gone because there's going to be another f- franchise out there that that is going to pay him a good bit of money and that needs a starting quarterback. Like I said, he could go and start in Carolina right now over Sam Darnold if he wanted to. That that would that would be an easy call for me. But you also need to figure out what Sam Howell is. And with only one game under his belt, we can't possibly make that call. He looked good in the one win over Dallas. So my point is, why not give him that real shot? And 
whoever they sign to be a part of you know the the quarterback room off the streets as a free agent i can't imagine that they're going to go and and beat sam howe in training camp if they do well then we're we've got another problem on our hands don't we there other the, uh, one of the other topics that's popular among commanders and uh, fans and hosts alike will they franchise tag to Ron Payne it would cost him about 18 to 19 million dollars to get that done but if they don't decide to bring him back then what do you ultimately do with that money so there's going to be some money that needs to be paid out to other players on the Washington defense as well, where they're a little bit weaker as opposed to the defensive line, which is the strength of that team. And even if at times, if they haven't been playing up to their first round draft pick status, they reverted back to that towards the middle to end of this past season. They started playing much better football. Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator, had them playing at a much better tilt. And Payne actually ended up having a slightly better season than Jonathan Allen did. And, and right now, Deron Payne is, is participating in the Pro Bowl games, which, as I understand it, are airing right now on ESPN. So he's a part of that right there. But when it comes to franchise tagging him, it seems like it would be a good opportunity to tag him for this season, 18 to $19 million. That's probably a better deal then you'll be able to get him for if you were going to give him a, a contract extension, right? His his total per year will probably end up being north of eighteen to nineteen million dollars. But the problem is they also have guys like Cam Curl and Montez Sweat who are coming up on needing new contracts as well. Sweat, another member of that defensive line, plays opposite of Chase Young and. At times, we've wondered, where is Montez Sweat on the field, right? Kind of needed more of a a contribution from him. And then other times, he's one of, if not the best, defensive linemen on the field with, with the way that he plays. So they look, they'll look for a little bit more consistency out of him. But looking at Cam Curl, he's really been one of the most important parts of the defense. You know, their secondary hasn't been particularly stingy when it comes to defending the pass they're really good against the run but their secondary has has been where teams can beat them and I I like guys like Derek Forrest you know Kendall Fuller he's a hokey he had a pick six in the game against Dallas which was really great to see for him because you know as someone that went to Virginia Tech you like to see guys that went to your school succeed but he had also kind of had some some really rough games had Kendall Fuller so we know what kind of cornerback he can be, though. Won a Super Bowl there with the Kansas City Chiefs back in uh, the 2019-2020 season. So he's a very good player, and he started his career here in D.C., which is what got him the contract in Kansas City and the opportunity to go play in a Super Bowl. So we know his potential. But getting someone like Cam Curl back, would it, it, I, I feel like he's the most important asset here because that's the weakest link of their defense. And... They just gave Terry a contract. They just gave Jonathan Allen a contract. So you have to start to look at, at who some of the other guys that are going to be coming up. It won't be long before we hear Antonio Gibson come up too. Now, what stinks about that is you probably won't see him get another deal. And I would love to to, to 
keep him in DC in a commander's uniform, but Brian Robinson Jr. really emerged as, as the, the bell cow, the, the workhorse running back for this team. And, And Gibson had some injuries down the stretch. And we all know Robinson's story having been shot in August and just a month or so later being back on the field. It's incredibly inspiring, but he's really good, you know? So, Looking elsewhere, you know, I think Curl is the one guy that that you can't absolutely can't lose. But if you could, if you could re-sign him and also find a way to tag Deron Payne to keep him in DC for another season, I think that would probably be just about your best case scenario right there. We got to get out of here though. Step aside, take a break. We got one segment left to take some calls. 800-636-1067. If you're still stewing over the Commander's rebrand one year after it officially happened, you can hit us up. Any particular instance within that, whether it's the unis, the logo, the name itself, the major tutty, the mascot, whatever. We'll come back, though. I've got some headlines across the NFL that we'll take a look at. We haven't even talked about the fact that Sean Payton's going to be going to Denver and and is being traded for to to go to the Broncos, as a matter of fact. Also, some uh, not particularly savory NFL headlines, but we'll acknowledge them next, coming up on 106.7 The Fan. here on the East Coast. Overtime, 106.7 The Fan. Danny Noakes with you for just a couple more segments, then we'll send you off to the rest of your Thursday evening talking a little bit more NFL here in this segment. Could you get through some headlines? Because we haven't had the chance to discuss the fact that Sean Payton is going to now be the head coach of the Denver Broncos. We mentioned it, but we didn't really get to break down everything that happened, what deal was made to get Peyton to Denver. And, of course, we already acknowledge the fact that Rex Ryan's outrageous prediction of Tom Brady and Sean Payton coming to the Commanders is not going to come to fruition. However, tongue-in-cheek, it actually was. It's definitely not happening now at this point because the Denver Broncos agreed Tuesday to a trade with the New Orleans Saints to make Sean Payton the 19th head coach in franchise history. So the Saints will receive the Broncos 2023 first round pick. The Saints get a first round pick for Sean Payton, number 29 overall, and 2024 second round pick for Sean Payton, and the Saints 2024 third round pick. These are being reported by Adam Schefter. And Sean Payton essentially said that this was the opportunity that he had been looking for. He praised the fan base. He praised the tradition. He praised the ownership group. And he praised the fact that it was a good football city. And Denver was competing in some of their games down the stretch, even if they were not a very good football team. And Russell Wilson was just having the worst season of his career doesn't even do it justice. He was really towards the bottom half of the league in terms of his production and and just the way that he looked it. it, It's a wonder that it took the NFL so long to stop putting them in prime time because it felt like in the the first couple of months of the season, we saw them in prime time three or four times and they just laid an egg every single one of those times. So you wonder what an effect Uh, A new head coach like Sean Payton, who had such a successful offensive career coaching Drew Brees over there in New Orleans, winning a Super Bowl, 
what effect might that have on Russell Wilson? You know, I, I have to say the Broncos sure as heck gave up a lot to go and get Sean Payton. And I'm going to go through the precedent that's been set because Sean Payton is actually not the first head coach that's been traded for in NFL history. That's somewhat obvious, but some of the names on here I did not realize had been traded in the past were kind of surprising to me because the first one that always comes to mind is John Gruden traded from the Raiders to the Bucks. We'll get to that in just a second. But I think that this could work out very well for Denver. Now, Russell Wilson's going to have to be a whole heck of a lot better than he was this past season, didn't he? I mean, they have weapons, though. They, they, they have good wideouts. They, they obviously, they, they had an injury to their running back for the season. He missed pretty much all of 2022, and he should be back for 2023. But Sean Payton has a very good track record of producing offense in his NFL tenure, was a, a Bill Parcells uh, protege, if you will. So speaking of Bill Parcells, he is also one of the notable instances of NFL teams trading for head coaches throughout history, and it happened in January 1997. He was traded from the Patriots to the Jets for four draft picks, but they were all uh, that well actually 1997 third round pick, 97 fourth round pick, 98 second round pick, and a 99 first round pick. It's somewhat crazy, especially the way that the NFL draft works now, to think about a. Uh, coach being traded for a first round pick but the more I think about it the more Sean Payton actually does seem like a pretty good fit for Denver and you pair him with someone like Russell Wilson and although again Russ was bad last year he could probably get back to the point where you know a few years ago he was competing for Super Bowls there with the Seattle Seahawks now they had good defenses but the Broncos also have a very good defense so they could be a sleeping giant over there. Another instance of an NFL head coach being traded, Mike Holmgren, April 1999, traded from the Packers to the Seahawks for a second-round pick. And when Holmgren was hired as the Packers head coach in 1992, Green Bay sent the 49ers a 1992 second-round pick. So Holmgren was kind of wrapped up in it a couple different times throughout his career. Here's another good one. Bill Belichick traded from the Jets to the Patriots for three draft picks, which included a, two th- a year 2000 first round pick, by the way. Patriots got two picks back from the Jets in that deal. John Gruden, as I said, the first one that comes to my mind, probably because I actually somewhat remember it happening, February 2002, traded from the Raiders to the Buccaneers for four picks a couple of firsts and two seconds along with $8 million. And what happened, John Gruden is the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went up against the Raiders in the Super Bowl, the C- the 2002, 2003 season. And if you've watched that America's game on NFL network that John Gruden and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did, yes, he very much had a great idea of what the Raiders wanted to do offensively in that game because he was on their coaching staff. So he had a major advantage. Herm Edwards was also traded in January 2006. Rights to negotiate were traded from the Jets to the Chiefs for a 2006 fourth-round pick. And then most recently, January 2023, Sean Payton traded from the Saints to the Broncos For two draft picks, the Saints sent a 2024 third rounder to the Broncos as well. So that's a list of all, or 
I don't think it's all of them, but notable trades involving head coaches in NFL history. You could probably go back a little bit further and find some more as well. But it's it's interesting that, that that precedent has been set. Speaking of head coaches in the NFL, there's a new head coach in Houston, former Texans linebacker D'Amico Ryans will be the head coach of the Houston Texans. I remember D'Amico Ryans playing inside linebacker for the Houston Texans and thinking when he came out of the University of Alabama, started playing those first couple of seasons, this dude's a really good football player. He's a really good inside linebacker, makes a ton of tackles, and he had a very good career. Not a particularly long career, but guys like Patrick Willis also, inside linebacker, did not have a really long career. It's a very demanding position not just from a physical standpoint too but from a mental standpoint because you're generally the captain of the defense and that's why guys like London Fletcher and Ray Lewis you know are celebrated the way that they do because they played inside linebacker and they had particularly long careers and I think that Houston kind of hit the jackpot with D'Amico Ryans here I I I don't know if it's going to work because I think the Texans are among the worst run franchises in the National Football League. I I think when you talk about the worst run franchises, I look at Houston, I look at the Commanders, obviously. I look at the Browns, and I look at the Lions. And of all the teams that I just mentioned, who's the one team that's, that's probably in the best spot right now? It's Detroit. Detroit's the team that knocked Green Bay out, and by the time that game kicked off on the last Sunday on Sunday night of the NFL regular season, the commanders had already been eliminated and the lions beat the commanders this season head to head. So the, the lions are the best in the best situation there. And, and I think the fact that Dan Campbell's their head coach and their coaching staff wanted to remain intact. That says a lot to me, but D'Amico Ryan's obviously a lot of charisma, a great defensive mind. He's got that defensive experience Let's see what happens now as he becomes the head coach. The Texans have had good defensive players in their history between Mario Williams, Jadavian Clowney, J.J. Uh, Watt, obviously, and, and D'Amico Ryans himself. They've had some good linebackers. They, they, they're, they've, they've made good draft picks, but all of them seem to end up leaving. On the offensive side of the ball, they had Deshaun Watson. They had DeAndre Hopkins. All gone. Now they have Damian Pierce in the backfield, rookie, who ran for just shy of 1,000 yards this past season. So I think the best formula heading forward for D'Amico Ryans is going to be to pound the rock and play defense. It's probably not unlike what Ron Rivera wants to do here in D.C. and, and has been trying to do, sometimes better than others. A couple of quick not-so-positive NFL headlines that I was just kind of shocked by to see that I wanted to reference here because I think they're important, but uh, a warrant has been issued for the arrest of Cincinnati Bengals running back Joe Mixon on a complaint of misdemeanor aggravated menacing, according to court records. So the complaint was filed Thursday in Ohio's Hamilton County, and the Bengals said that they are in fact aware of the charges against Mixon saying, quote, the club is investigating the situation and will not comment further at this time. Now, The arrest warrant was obtained by WCPO-TV, which I believe is in Cincinnati. Mixon allegedly pointed a gun at an individual on January 21st and said the person should, quote, be popped in the face, end quote. 
And the warrant states the incident occurred on the intersection of Walnut Street, East 3rd Street, downtown Cincinnati. That was one day before the Bengals beat the Bills in the divisional round of the AFC playoffs. A day before that happened. So he was out on the street waving a gun around and he went into he, he went and played the Bills the next day and, and, and went and got a win. So if you'll remember, too, in 2014, Mixon was charged with misdemeanor assault. He punched a woman in the face. There is video evidence of that. He was a running back at the University of Oklahoma at the time. He alleged he was called a racial slur, which prompted him to use a homophobic slur before the assault actually occurred, went into a plea deal, given a year of probation, and then was suspended for an entire season. But since then, Mixon drafted by the Bengals in 2017, signed a four-year extension in 2020 worth $48 million. Pro Bowler in 2020 was very effective this year, obviously played on a very good football team. And again, the night before his team went and beat the Bills, they this, this event occurred. So... Um, Ugly situation there for Bengals uh, Joe Mixon, and not the first time he has been in trouble with the law. And then this one was more, well, I don't want to compare the two, but it, it was just shocking. Eagles offensive lineman Josh Shills was indicted by a Guernsey County Common Police Court grand jury on one count of rape and one count of kidnapping, both first degree felonies according to a release posted in the Ohio Attorney General's website. Per the release, uh, actually, I'm not going to go through those details right now, but the summons was issued for Sills, who's 25 years old, to appear in Guernsey County Common Police Court at 1 o'clock on February 16th. The NFL said Wednesday uh, Sills has been placed on the commissioner's exempt list, not permitted to participate in practices or games or travel with the Eagles while on the list. Um, So... Obviously, he's a member of the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles, but he only played in one game for the Eagles this year. It was in October against the Cardinals. Was a West Virginia guy from 2016 to 2019. Transferred to Oklahoma State in 2020. But uh, obviously an ugly situation there for a probably soon-to-be former member of the Philadelphia Eagles. And considering he's got multiple felony accounts, uh, uh, felony charges that he's going to be working with, his career is probably over. And if he's found guilty, deservedly so. But that's going to do it for both this segment, the positive and the negative NFL headlines that have come out over the last couple of days. We'll step aside one more time and we'll come back and we'll wrap up the show here on a Thursday evening. Keep it locked. You're listening to 1067 The Fan. What a soundtrack we've had tonight for overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Big shout out to my producer, Caitlin, who's in studio. Done a great job getting everything squared away. We've had quite the track list tonight. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a great show. A lot of NFL talk, as you would expect. We're now still a little bit over a week away from Super Bowl 57 between the Eagles and the Chiefs. But hey, you've got the Pro Bowl to look forward to coming up on Sunday. That's fun, right? Yeah, I know. I know. It's 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 not a big deal. It's not something you'll be watching. I think it's a 7 on 7 game now. You know, if you go to ESPN and you look at the matchup, they have it listed like it's a normal game, 3 o'clock, AFC versus the NFC. The AFC has actually won at least the last five games from what I'm looking at, which is a pretty impressive run there. And you would expect that to probably continue when you consider that... Just look at who the quarterbacks in the AFC versus the NFC are. Now, 
Pro Bowl is a little bit of a different story, and they're not even going to be wearing pads for this one, so it's a completely different sort of thing. But, you know, we had this conversation with Ethan Cadeau, NBC Sports Washington's Commanders coverage a couple of nights ago. It's a good thing the Commanders aren't in the AFC because – there's just a lot more quarterbacks that are playing at an elite level right now at this point in their careers that are in the AFC versus the NFC. And, you know, we could go through the list between Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Tua, Lamar Jackson, and on and on and on. There, there are more. And the AFC definitely holds the advantage in that category. But Honestly, we do not have a ton of time, only a little over or a little under now, 90 seconds to wrap everything up and get on out of here. So CBS Sports Radio is coming up next on 1067 The Fan. A tremendous thank you to each of my guests that joined us all the way back in the seven o'clock hour. Chris Russell, co-host of Russell and Medhurst, nine to noon over on our sister station, the team 980. You can catch them every weekday, including tomorrow morning where they will be back on the air. And also thank you to my buddy David Teal. He's a columnist for the Richmond Times-Dispatch and a Virginia Sports Hall of Famer, not to mention a 14-time Virginia Sports Writer of the Year. With David, we talked a little college hoops. Rewind function, a great way to go back and check out either of those segments if you want to do that with the Rooster. As you can imagine, we were talking Commanders. Looking back at the rebrand one year later, also their offensive coordinator situation, they inter- Ron Rivera himself interviewed Anthony Lynn. So who will it be? You're just going to have to wait and find out. Thanks so much to my producer, Caitlin, who did a great job tonight. Appreciate all of her hard work as well. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Until next time, be safe, be kind, and be well. I'm out of here. Deuces. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.